So, here we go. Back once again. Mm-hmm. Like the Renegade Masters. Should we put a disclaimer in now that this is pre-Everton-Chelsea, in case you're listening to this after Monday? Yeah, I think we need to, to be fair. So, for those <laughs> who, who listen regularly, and thank you for doing so, um, and those who don't, welcome. Um, I genuinely thought you were going to say something else then. No, yeah. no, no. No, I was, I was going to go all in, but I didn't. Yeah, Everton Chelsea's on the Monday. We usually record on a Friday, aiming to get it out on a Saturday. I think we've, uh, sorry, Thursday, looking to get it out on Friday. I think we've revisited that, and Sunday seems to work better for us. It means that we miss some of the Sunday games, depending on the time we do, and if ever there's Monday games, we'll miss them. But we will have an action packed midweek stroke Saturday episode to bring you every week. And it's Everton Chelsea this Monday coming. So, depending on when you're listening to it, the 8th of March. Obviously, Jack is a Chelsea fan who's never been the bridge. Uh, and I'm an Everton um, who's got a season ticket and goes mm. to all the games when, when I'm allowed, when Boris isn't being a bit of a dick. However, I would say it is one of the most anticipated games of the season in terms of what's at stake. It's it's going to be a marker for our Everton series about pushing f- for top four and our, our Chelsea finally settled under Tuchel. You've had a few big tests the last three games under, under um, Tuchel at Chelsea where Atletico Madrid... Man United, Liverpool. Now, you, you did say the games that he'd won up until that point or drew up until that point, you feel Lampard would have got a similar similar sort of uh, vibe out of in terms of results and performances. But these would be your defining games. So, Atletico Madrid was... Well, they're all away in the Champions League, obviously. But Atletico Madrid, you go out and you beat 1-0. You make them mm-hmm. look poor. I don't think they're a poor side. I think the way you set up made them look poor. You then went and played United with a 0-0 ball draw. Nobody's seen that coming. Well, honestly, uh, and then you go to Anfield, play Liverpool. Um, Thiago gets 355 thumbs up in the game, another <laughs> record for Liverpool. Well done. Um, but you do inflict a, a one nil defeat on them with a Mason Mount. I'm not going to say wonder strike because it wasn't, but it was a fantastic piece of football that ended with a great goal. I'll yeah. give you that. Um, big test for Tuchel. Set up with that five at the back, the two wing backs going forward, leaving it with a three. Three competent defenders in there. Um, still got Thiago to sprinkle in that when you need to. Um, which will always be good for you. But this again is another test for you. Now Everton haven't really got haven't really got a good record going to Chelsea. But as we've seen this season, Everton have won nine on the road. Away form and home form seems to go out the window for everybody. And it's just a game of football, which seems to be more of a level playing field. I think that's why we're seeing what we are in the league in terms of different league places and how condensed the top second to eighth potentially is. So you know, the answer to the effect kicking in at Everton. Obviously we've come off the back of some Dogged performances, but picking up points, beating Liverpool, beating West Brom, beating Southampton, digging in, winning games, and the Ancelotti effect seems to be taking hold now. Where Everton are going into games thinking, well, nah, fuck it, why can't we win? So it'll be an interesting mashup to see what happens here. Two shows Chelsea against Ancelotti's Everton. So fuck it, put it all on the line, Jack. Prediction 1 1. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one well, I think because this has probably already happened. Unless you listen to this Monday morning, it's already happened. Mm. I think it's one one, and that doesn't do us any favors. We we have to win because at the moment we're on forty seven, you're on forty six, but you've got a game in hand. So you could quite easily go, well, we'll draw that and win our game in hand, which is against Villa. It is, yeah. So who are looking a little bit more gettable? Yes, like their form is draw, loss, win, loss, draw. So. They're not like the fly and they were at the start. So you could quite easily, well, we'll draw this, win our game in hand, and then it's in our hands. We have to beat you, and then you could win your game in hand. There'd be a point on us, and you're like, well, we'll, we'll wait for them to slip up. So even a loss isn't detrimental to you, but a loss almost like 
rubber stamps your seriousness. I, I think so, yeah. I agree with the, the fact if that... If you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's not as much win for us as it is for you. However... You want to rubber stamp it. Psychologically, we need to be saying, now we, we take that off and we move on. Well, here's the thing. You've played pretty poor the last two games against Southampton and West Brom, and you've come out with six points. Mm. And we'll get onto the games later, like you're saying, but that... We, you've, you'd have dropped points by them over the years. Yeah, of course. You'd have drawn and lost it, and it'd have been like, well, Everton are going to finish sixth again. And then it's like, well, what was the point in beating Liverpool? Things like that. I know that in yeah. its bubble is important, but in the grand scheme, what's the point of beating them if you can't beat the other two? Yeah, yeah. And you've not done that. Your three wins on the bounce coming off the back of the two losses against City and Fulham. The Fulham one's still the one where you're like, fuck. Like, if you miss out, that's the one you'll look back at, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. That's yeah. the one Massively. you'll look back for fuck's sake. So it's a must win for us, but then like I've been saying, every game is a win for us. If we don't win, it's unacceptable because this is what we've all signed up for now. Every game must be a win. If it's not a win, it's unacceptable. So like the draw against Southampton, the draw against United are unacceptable now. It so needs to cynical. be just... But that, no, but that's so how it has to be. No, but you see what I mean? Because like if you draw or lose on when you're in a quote-unquote project, you can buy into it. Like Arsenal, when they don't pick up maximum points, it's like we're a work in progress. Yeah, it's part of the process, yeah. If they sacked Arteta and hired, I don't know, like Allegri... I would expect all Arsenal fans to be like absolute zero maximum points every game because we've binned off the project now. Yeah. You're, you've got a top quality manager. You're still in a project. Yeah, so you're point, like, okay, fucking, but we'll get there. The point you're not so subtly tiptoeing around is <laughs> Lampard was, was the project. <laughs> and obviously if that's not good enough and results aren't good enough and things haven't gone that way and you've gone out and you've brought in this external factor, then yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Then you have to go and win games. Would it be in terms of where you are now and in terms of Thomas Tuchel's time at Chelsea, which is still in its infancy, would it be the worst game to lose? To yeah. say, an inform Everton flew in, done what they need to do, the dog, we know what they're like, they're going to create one or two chances and they'll take them because we are clinical. We don't create a lot, but when we do, we seem to finish. Would it be the worst result to, to soak up? And I'm not yeah. trying to no, it would be. try it in. Well, it would be because you're on 49 then and with a game in hand, we're on 47 and top four is now, we're waiting for others to do things. We're already kind of waiting for others to drop points and we've got to beat who's around us. You know, like the draw against United was pointless. It's yeah. no, no benefit to us. So we're already like playing catch up and we're waiting for people to drop points. If we lose to you and then you beat Villa, now we're waiting for any of the other Leicester, United or you to drop off. West Ham, let's hope they don't because they're pretty sure they've got a game in hand. Yep, they've got a game in hand on us as well, which could take them above us if we don't pick up any points against you. So that's when you're suddenly going, well, what's changed? Mm. like it's pointless doing all the work we've done to then lose to you that's fair enough I suppose we're already I, at a point in the chain and you could argue that the what's happened previously in the season has resulted in this like i.e. like you know what is it eight draws I've got you right in front of the table yeah eight draws yeah that could have put us in the position, six losses, that's put us in the position where we can't afford to lose a game. But yeah, it'd be a huge loss. It'd be frustrating. And then I've got to come on here and listen to you. And I've got to listen to everyone else I know for a week. We took six points off you this year. Eh, 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 eh. Well, that was me doing my impression of you. Yeah, no, I, I honestly got this feedback <laughs> on the mic, which is why I stopped talking. I thought, well, obviously that's my voice bouncing back. It was so uncanny. Such a bitch. No, it'd be a huge, it'd be a huge game to lose if we've okay. lost it. <laughs> By the time people listen to this, things will have changed dramatically and, and we'll probably never know. But they'll know um, how I'm feeling and you're feeling based on so this. You're unbeaten in your last 25 home matches against us. Well, this is the well, thing, isn't it? We don't beat you at your camp. You don't beat us at, don't beat you at yours. Only Spurs have had a longer unbeaten home run in the top flight. 
uh, which is 27, and that was between 19 and 2016. I don't know what the team was, to be honest. I haven't got a clue. Doesn't tell me. Everton are aiming to complete their first league double over Chelsea since 78-79. And Ancelotti is looking to become the first head coach of the Premier League era to win at Stamford Bridge after managing Chelsea in the competition. So no ex-Chelsea manager it's has gone to the bridge and won. Prizes me Premier that Joe has never won at the bridge. Well, look at where he's been, mate. Oh, in the Premier League, yeah, though, yeah. that's a good point, because he's beat us at Inter Milan. Yeah. Referee for the game is Chris Kavanagh. VAR is Michael Oliver. Mm. Yeah, I know you're not a huge We'll get fan. on to them later. We will, we will. We'll, we'll be talking a lot about them. Um, so, Look, yeah. it's an interesting game. I think you're not playing particularly well, but you've been winning. Yeah, I think that's the um, thing. Yeah. We've not been playing particularly well. We're just solid. Yeah. Like we haven't blown anyone away yet. And this is my thing. Like I'm still looking at like you say Man United, Atletico Madrid and Liverpool, and I'm still sat there going, I need a test. To be fair, the United game was drab. And it's getting to the point where City's the only test, and that's kind of unrealistic anyway. I don't know what you mean, but the United game was drab. Liverpool were poor from yeah. But I'm waiting for someone to come at us. Like we, we turn up and they go for the throat. Like we will we'll, we, we'll be hard and resolute to break down and we'll be defensively compact. I'm not saying we'll park the bus because we won't, but we'll be we'll be difficult to play against, but we won't come at you. Not a like if we if we beat Atleti and we draw Bayern, then I'll be like, right, let's see. Yeah. They'll go for us. Yeah, they will, yeah, of course. So yeah. that that'll be like, right, let's see where we are. And if we beat them, all bets are off. Then you're the best team in the world. I think that's how it works, isn't it? If you beat the Anyway, if you beat the champions, you're you're the champion. So technically, where's my no? Point? Don't say it. So for those who aren't regular listeners, uh, Evan beat Liverpool to on the last five. <laughs> Double Liverpool's goal tally at Hanfield, is that right? I believe it is for this mm, for this calendar year. So let's go back over some games then. Yeah, because that's already happened. So you'll know how we're feeling. We'll talk about it more next week. One yeah. of us will not be on the show next week. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not confident it's going to be. I'll be honest, I, I'll put you down for a 1-0 win. I think you'll be, you'll nick one. It'll be somebody you hate. But that for you, you go, all right, it is what it is. One and away. you could almost take away from it going, side. look how close that was. We've beaten them and barely yeah. been beaten by them this year. Right, yeah. go beat Villa and go above them. It's, it's, <laughs> Sorry, negative. it's negative in a way to look at it because we took three off you, you took three off us, we both gained nothing. But with that game in hand being so pivotal and knowing that Chelsea at some point will be got at, at some point you will, some point you'll lose a game under two shots. Oh, but there you go. Um, so we've just got to we've just got to do us and and try not to uh, to look too far ahead. So I think you'll win the game one 0 I'm not crying it, and I just think your quality overall. You know, go and spend what was it in the summer? Two hundred and eighty odd mil on players. We only spent sixty a quarter of a billion we're pounds. Not, we're not in your league. Net spend though. Spend. Apparently, you're allowed to say that. Uh, yeah, we don't make a lot of money on our sales. No, no, we do though. So you know, like profit last yeah, yeah. year. Net spend, yeah, yeah. Sold Hazard, did yeah. Yeah, who else? Murata. Oh, fuck it. I always forget about him. We, we got like 160 mil for those two. Wow. So, do you I mean you're paying off? Hazard's gone to Spain, found churros, and decided to just eat himself to death. <laughs> just, just, just chill. <laughs> and Murata's literally gone, gone away again and just thought, yeah, I don't want to play football no more. Oh, could, but fucking could, pay me. Quick sidebar Oscar's, Oscar's been doing the media rounds lately. Former Chelsea player who we sold to China for an extraordinary amount of money. Is like got this in his head where he's like, yeah, I want to retire at Chelsea. I really want to go back, and I um, I know they don't take older players, but I'm going to do my best to stay fit. And I'm like, look, this is all fair and well, but I love his theory of right, I'm at Chelsea. I'm going to go to China, secure the bag, and just come back. And Chelsea, are like, yeah, like no. Chelsea, you're going to go, yeah, yeah, okay, mate, yeah. 
Yeah, no. no. Put the old squad number back, yeah, jump in. Here's eight again. We've already disrespected the previous people who wear it. Well, he wore 11 as well, didn't he? Oh, he got every number. Fucking hell, don't. As soon as Drogba went, he was like, yeah, I'll have that. And then Lampard went, ooh, I'll have that. Well, no, Drogba came back and he went, oh, I've given uh, Drogba 11 back. We were like, that's nice. What number have you taken? I've taken eight. Brilliant. Hmm. John 26, while you're at it. Just Just give eight to Mason Mount and be done with it anyway. Speaking of previous games, let's tie it in. You beat, like we said, you beat Southampton and you beat uh, West Brom 1-0 twice. And it's Richarlison with the winner twice, which is impressive. (laughs) He's switched on a bit more, hasn't he? Love to see it, mate. Um, Yeah, I think he struggled this year in terms of positional play. He's he's been quite quite vocal in that. He wants to see Everton playing European football or he's going to reconsider his options. Now, I personally don't like that kind of talk out of a player equally. I am able to put my other hat on who's, who's not an Everton fan and a football fan. You think, well, yeah, footballers' careers aren't long and they want to, you know, the ones who are driven, special mention to Harry Kane, who doesn't seem to be, um, the ones who are driven wow. want to move on and win trophies and, and do well and, and perform at the top level against the best players. So fair play to him, but he doesn't want to play wide anymore. We know this. He wants to play through the middle. And Ancelotti, to be fair to him, seems to have implemented a system where he names him as a wide player, but he allows him to play in the left-hand side channel, which is more central. Um, and we seem to be getting the best out of him, particularly because Calvert-Lewin's had that hamstring injury. And I think, personally, I think he's been forced back a little bit early. He looks a little bit leggy, a little bit heavy. Not weighty, but a little bit heavy in his runs. He's not sprinting as much. He's not covering as much ground. I think he's still got a knock. And, and Richie's stepped up, to be fair. His, his movements in off that channel is hard to pick up. His timing his runs well. He's got players like Hammers and Gilfie in behind who know when to release a ball. And yet he's he's stepped up. He's running more. He's, he's doing more of the physical work. He's still rolling around on the floor, screaming like, uh, like he's been shot from the stands every five minutes. But... Yeah. Take that away, he, he does get kicked all over the fucking pitch. Mm. Um, but the fact is, because he makes such a meal of it, he doesn't get any of them. And that's that's his issue. We'll have to deal with that. But yeah, look, two tough games. I think I said last time out that, you know, it would be typical Everton to go, and, to go and lose them. We didn't play fantastically well in any of the games. What we did do is we controlled the tempo when we had the ball. We created opportunities. And when we had our opportunities, we took them. And we had the second goal against Southampton chalked off, rightly so, um, for offside. But it was a great... Great bit of movement on the uh, on the free kick. Dini going and blagging it and then coming back in and then Gilfie nodding it and Dini actually putting the ball in. It caused everybody by surprise, but obviously caused our own lads by surprise more because <laughs> uh, they were caused offside. So that would have been a 2 0 The West Brom game, oh, I feared for us there. It would have been typical of fucking, yeah, best old tits. It would have been absolutely <laughs> typical of him to step up and take something out of us, but I was, I was absolutely um, made up to see. Andre Gomez went in for the 50 50. I can't remember who he went in with. Turned his back slightly, and he had a straight leg, but he won the ball. The problem is, is when he's planted his foot, he's landed on the player's um, on the player's toes, which is a sore one, but it happens. Mm. Referee sees not wrong with it, because he's won the ball. He's gone in, he's won the ball. Yeah. When the play stopped, Gomez has gone over to assess the and said, sorry about that, I have caught he's, And you can see, yeah, I caught him, but I didn't play him. And Sam is going ballistic on the sideline ballistic, red face, screaming at the fourth official. And I was there just like, yep, inject that straight into Papi. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Not interested. Jog on. And then obviously they go and score in the 92nd minute. Diagne. Mm. Uh, ball comes into the box. Looks like handball, but it's not when you look back at it. He just closes his chest off really small. Gets the ball down out of his feet. Great strike. Finish. 
But when VAR check it, he's offside. And you're looking at it and thinking, well, how far is it? It's just as a bit of a shirt. Is it oh, yeah. but no, it's his foot. It's his whole no, foot. No, he's clean offside. Yeah, it's his whole foot standing over it. So you look at it and you think, well, yeah, he is. And I've said before on the show, for me, offside should be, if any part of you is level with the defender, it should go to the attacker. But they're not the rules, so I can't complain about it. As much as I want to fight West Brom's fight, I can't. They got beat 1-0. Well, I seen a thing come up. Where was it? Let me bring it up. It's about West Brom, isn't it? And it's their... Uh... Did I put it in the group? You put so much in the group, I, I honestly... We all put so much in the group. It's, a lot of it's just anti-Liverpool. It's not even anti-Liverpool. It's just laughing at Liverpool. It's, it's like the Thiago stats of the most... I think it's factual. The, league. Um, the fact they've lost five at home on the bounce, never done that before in their history. It's also the worst title defence in Premier League. So, you know, it's it's all gravy. I cannot find it. Anyway, it was basically like Billich and Allardyce. There's like no difference in what they've like what Billich is 13 and um, Allardyce's 13 games are or whatever it was. To be honest with you, because I still think they jumped the ship too early and they went yeah. to the wrong. They panicked thinking, oh, we're going to go down. But if you have a little look at the league, there was no need to panic. I think um, it was a point. I think it was a point or two more Allardyce has got. And they were like, even the commentators were like, that's not the new bounce. Everyone expected it to be. No, it's not. Not at all, mate. No, I mean, they've won three games all season at 27. There is no bounce. And there was no, no big Sam's here. Nothing. The thing is, with West Brom this season, if they'd have stuck with Billich, because you could see the players were working for them, if they'd have stuck with Billich, you got Sheffield United, who were dead and buried. Fulham may be out of it. Newcastle may be in it. Brighton may be in it. I think Burnley have pulled away, but Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, West Brom. Two of, the, two of those four have got to go. I think West Brom would have stuck with Billich and the way they were playing football. I think they might have just scraped out of it, but I think I one of the lack of bounce is alarming. Yeah. I think one of the things that you're saying with sticking with it, I think Fulham that might have benefited them, and obviously you could say the opposite for Sheffield United is sticking with the manager, and it kind of puts that element of nothing, like no one panic, and just keep working. Yeah, like, but you can see like Chris Wilder at Sheffield United how his job's not under threat because like the pre-match interview yesterday or whenever it was before they played Southampton, they were like. He was the commentator was like, Oh, you know, Southampton not in the best of form here, Chris. And he was like, What kind of interview is this? Like laughing. He goes, he goes, We're not exactly flying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you can see that's that's not a man whose job's on the line. No, no, no. That's and a you man can see who's... they've gone, look, it is yeah. what it is, Chris. Yeah. Keep working. Look, let's be honest. I had them in this position last season. Well, same. And last season was just an absolute shock to everybody. And we're thinking, right, okay, well, Sheffield United are going to do a Wolves. And that's how we refer to it, because Wolves came up, yeah. had to go, finished high up the table, and then this season, a mid-table, mid-table. roughly where you would expect them to be. But they've solidified themselves as a Premier League side. I don't think they're in danger. Next season, they won't be in danger either. And I thought Sheffield United would have followed the same vein, but this year they've just fell away. And again, the only real change I can attribute it to is losing Dean Henderson. That's the only real change. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's the thing we keep coming back to. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But the... yeah, and that's not a slate in Ramsdale. No, it's just the, the only thing that's changed. Yeah, the, the job for Ramsdale, unfortunately, he went down with Bournemouth. He was already a young and experienced goalkeeper. Sheffield United needed needed a, a top keeper. And great having, having hindsight on our side. But imagine if they'd have gone all out and got Martinez. Imagine if you had. Because Villa didn't need him. That's the thing. It's everyone's, yeah. Yeah. Sheffield United needed them and, and went and spunked 20 odd million on Rian Brewster when they could have said, right, we'll, we'll go and get a keeper in because we've lost our keeper. Dean Henderson was fantastic for us, got us more points than, than most players last year. We'll go and do the same. We'll go and get a top keeper in. And I'm not saying Ramsdale isn't a top keeper, but right now he isn't. He probably will be a few years down the line, but right now he isn't. 
if you have a look at him from his game, his last game out when they played um, Southampton, there was a couple of couple of mistakes there where he, he got away with murder. Um, not taking it away from Southampton, who were brilliant on the day, like but Ramsdale, yeah, he could have cost him a couple of go- a couple of goals in that game alone. <clears throat> but yeah, I tell you what, we'll, we'll touch on their games. But this is the yeah. thing as well, dead quick with Sheffield United. You could look at it as well as they're sitting there thinking, right, we're still potentially could go down and we're all right with the possibility of going down. If we sign Emmy Martinez and we go down, is he then going to want to leave? If we sign Ramsdale and we go down, is he likely to stay? Like mm-hmm. you could see that if they went down, then Martinez would be like, right, I'm off. Top, top, top six, anyone? Yeah, fair enough. Whereas if Ramsdale goes down with them, Ramsdale's like... More likely to say, well, I'm number one at Sheffield United. I'll stay. Yeah. And they don't have to then try and buy Why a Why didn't you do that with Bournemouth? Well, exactly. It's a good point. It's a good point. They might turn around and... Then is he going to just keep coming up? Exactly. It's a good point. Yeah. Imagine he goes down and then uh, he goes, oh, not that you need a new keeper. Go on. Oh, my God. Imagine. Seems. Ironically, they beat Villa 1-0. Speaking of the two keepers. Yeah. Uh, they did. They deserve. That was, that was more of like last season. Yeah, it was a good game. To be fair, um, Villa were poor, and, and they went down to ten men as well. Yeah, not not taking any United. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United had Jaggy Elka sent off as last man when he wasn't last man. Yeah, it was an odd one, and it still got upheld, which is a bit of a strange one. But look, this season is full of it. Um, so it is what it is. But yeah, go down to ten men. Dave McGoldrick gets the goal. I thought to try to. Traore come off after 81 after 81 minutes he was poor very very poor on the ball he offered no real attack and threat I mean you, you'll you know more about him obviously you'll know a little bit more about him because he's uh, ex-Chelsea but is that bit, is, is that why he never made it at the club is that why he was constantly loaned out and moved off or I, I well I think that was just part of the merry-go-round at the time where it was like yeah oh we got a bid for you yeah off you go oh the trend um, yeah 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 like I think Leon Leon came with some some you know interest in money and it was like right well you're not going to get game time so that funds us and it, it, that's our business model it is what it is um i was disappointed when he left i was excited to see him come back he's very not 50 50 might be harsh to describe it but like you're saying he can have games like that and then he can have games where he's electric or he'll have that spark you get players like that though that'll coast through a game and then bang they, they do something he um, doesn't do that bang enough yeah, that's that's a fair point. I'm going to put it out there. He reminds me of Gael Kukusa. He looks fantastic yeah. until you ask him to do something. You give him time and space, and he looks like a worldie. As soon as you put it on him, or you say, "Well, I'll tell you what, you go and you go and do something on your own. Go on, go and create." He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, whoa, 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 what's all this?" You are good on instinct. Yeah, um, yeah, it didn't look great, but look, fair play to uh, Sheffield United. They started Rian Brewster. He got an hour. Um, let's see Brewster get a bit more time. If I'm completely honest with you, but he got an hour. They're going to go down, and in theory, he's starting the season. One. He's their number one then. I know McGoldrick will still be there, not McBurney, but Ollie McBurney might move on. They, yeah, I think they'd have I, to start him. I would build, you build it around Brewster, don't you? When you go down, you just say to him, look, this is what it is. You're here for a four-year deal. You're going to be our number one from, from next season onwards. Let's so start bleeding him in, yeah. So we got an hour there, and then obviously he starts against Southampton as well, um, but he didn't really, didn't really do much. But we'll come back to that one. But uh, we can do it now if you want. We can blend it in. Yeah, we can blend it in, yeah. Because um, we've done Southampton's other game, which is against yeah, you. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, yeah, it's a good game. We watched it, didn't you? 10 or something. Mm, yeah, um, stopped the rot. It was Hassan Hoodle's 100th game in charge. Things got injured again. Looks like. Yeah, eight minutes in. They think it's a groin. Although it looks lower leg. 
Um, but well, yeah, I literally had this conversation with Charlie yesterday. Um, he was asking me how the game got on. I showed him on the, on my phone. He was like, "Oh my god, Ings off again." I went, "Yeah." And he went, "Why is he never fit?" This is just in his DNA, in his makeup. Unfortunately, he's a very good player. He's a good goal scorer. He's a good Premier League goal scorer who just. Yeah, I mean- He's on eight struggles this season, fitness. but he got 22 last season and 22 the year before. Yeah, Liverpool didn't buy him because he was a mug. No, Liverpool like that wasn't one of the signings. Yeah, it wasn't one of the signings they made where you went, "What's going on there?" You went, "I can see that," and it just he never got the fitness there, and it was such a shame when he had to leave. But it's such a good thing to see him pick back up. But yeah, he keep, he's going to keep getting these. It's three goals and 14 appearances for Liverpool. So 14, 16 appearances. For he Liverpool. just never. He never got that run, and they're all sporadic as, as hell, aren't they? Yeah. Then he goes to Southampton on loan, gets seven goals, and then he gets 22, and you're thinking, oh, here he is. And then this year, he gets eight, and he's off to a flyer, and he's all over everyone's fancy Premier League, and then all of a sudden, the injuries start keeping back in. In the, in the Premier League, he's only made 133 appearances, scoring 51 goals, 12 assists. And he's Which, considering his lack of like having a run a lot of the time. That's not bad. It's not a bad yeah. late show. But the fact is, he's 28 and he's injured again. And you've got to wonder how long this is going to go on for. Um, Sheffield United, luckily enough, do have other players around that, that can get goals. Uh, sorry, yeah, apologies. Southampton do have uh, players who can come in and get goals. Um, che Adams come on for him and scored mm. an absolute belter yeah. the goal. But he worked hard off the ball for that as well. I mean, if you watch it, gets himself in at the back post for the first part of the move when it comes across, doesn't go his way. But what he does, he recycles the ball, changes position, and the finish is sublime, and it comes out to him. 100%, and this isn't taking anything away from him, but that goal as well, I remember looking at it going, this is why Sheffield United are where they are. Arsenal around with the ball. Yeah, Just Arsenal around with the get ball. It, get it, gone. get tight on the first press, then the ball comes out, they don't get tight to the second, and that's why they've obviously gone and conceded that goal. Don't, don't get me wrong, you take nothing no. away from the player because it was no, great. No, no, no. But you're right in what you're saying. It's defendable. Just get it gone. It's defendable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clear your line, reset, and make sure you press. Because if you're not going to press, you're going to allow people to win the first head, and then you're not going to press the second ball, and you're allowing them to win the second header, you're going to see goals. Um, it's, it's, there's no science behind it. It's a simple game. The penalty, was it a penalty for you? Ampadu brought down Nathan Sellin in the box? Yeah, because of the the state we're currently in. It's, it yeah. could deemed as reckless. Yeah, I, I, I seen it at the time, and I, I was, he's got the ball, but then when you watch it back, yeah. it goes through the man to get the ball. Yeah. And it's because he's coming in from that odd sort of like angle, that angle, that angle where as soon as you do that, it's like, well, yeah, he's almost it. behind him on his shoulder. You want to wrap around him to ground. Unfortunately, the player's just going to stop running and allow you to touch him. And as soon as he does that, done, isn't it? But um, Teller had a good game, a very good game. He was a pain in the ass. Uh, played up front with Ings, and then obviously Ings went off injured early, and then they just left him up there with Shea Adams because he was causing so many problems. Mm. Um, and that's he- the thing, like you're saying about Danny Ings, if Shea, if Shea Adams continues to bed in and makes that thing Danny Ings isn't, doesn't have to go anywhere no no he can the, afford to be that player who goes well, when I'm fit I'm here and I'll get your goals yeah yeah. do you think Minamino will stay there do you think Liverpool will allow that mm, I don't know why he's there currently but I think it's a finance issue I think it's a wage thing where they were like well let's take him off the weight part of him or all of him whatever it is off the wage bill to bring in X Y and Z to get us through the season and then we'll assess it in the summer Mm, I would say up. no, but he's he's one of those ones that never got the chance at Liverpool. I know they're going to give him the run that he requires. He needs to be playing that that false nine or a ten. Um, well, we kept that. saying, didn't we? He kept coming on for me for for Firmino, and we were like, they're trying to mould him into this. Oh, he yeah. can do the same job. 
but then he's never getting games, but they needed someone that's got a little bit of something different. It's it's odd. It is a strange one. I'd like to see him stay there, to be honest, because he looks happy. He's, he's getting more minutes. He's playing some good football, so why not leave him there? But then that's not our decision. That's down to Liverpool, obviously. Um, game time, he needs game time. But, um, yeah. What was I going to say? Gone. Don't worry about it. I won't. I shall lose. Oh, Sapp, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Uh, James Ward Prowse. Um, is he up for a move? No disrespect, Southampton, but to uh, someone a little bit higher. I've been thinking this for some time. He's got the potential. This season, I've I've turned my eye towards him because this season he's he's stepped up in terms of what he's brought. So if you look at his stats over the last few years, obviously he's been at Southampton since day dot. 2012-13, he played 15 games, no goals. Next season, played 34 games, no goals. Season after, 25 games, one goal. 33 games, two goals. 30 goal, 30 games, four goals. 30 games, three goals. 26 games, seven goals, which is best return in 18-19. 19-20, he plays 38 games. Every game in the league gets five goals. This year, he's played 27. He's got six goals already. It's not just his goals. It's his assists, it's mm. the way he's scoring, it's where he's getting them from. Well, he's got the armband, he's on the set pieces, he's on the pens. Yeah. He's obviously a leader if he's getting the armband. Yeah. I always thought it was someone that would end, but when Liverpool were buying everyone from Southampton, it was like, oh, well, he'll be one. 26 Ar- years of age. Ar- Arsenal could do with him. Sit him in the middle of the park next to Thomas Party. We'll get on to Arsenal later, but definitely someone they could take. Spurs, yep. Yourselves, yep. I could see him fitting in at Leicester. I, I would like to see him tested at a better level, and that's no disrespect to Southampton. But you, you but start like introducing Europe and the big games, the trophy, the where yeah, the but I mean with better players around them. Again, you know, and I'm not we're not sitting here saying, for example, Everton had any better than Southampton because that's although it's true, it's not the yeah, it's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is if you put War Prowse in with Stuart Armstrong, Ibrahim Diallo, Nathan Teller, all untested or not really done much in the Premier League, he's gonna stand out. But if you drop him into, and I'll use Spurs as an example, yeah. you drop him in with Hoiberg and Dombele, Son, Kane, is he going to reach those levels? Can, can he help take them? Mm-hmm. You know, like things like that. I I, I think he could. And how, much, how much could you get him for? This is the uh, thing. I was discussing this yesterday, the market, um, in terms of how it's going to move now, because you've got owners who are involved largely in hedge funds and floating businesses and stock markets, and they've taken a huge hit during this pandemic. Um, and there's a lot of owners like that, the Glazers, uh, Cronky, FSG. They've all took a hit, the big boys. So is there going to be as much money thrown around for transfers? I would classify him as the way it's been going as around about a 25, 28 million pound player. I can't see him going for any more than 20 at the moment because of the teams that were probably interested. Spurs don't like spending money, we all know this. Um, United want everyone on the cheap and are, are trading on the badge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> File under Sancho. Liverpool, if the rumours are to be believed, and I, it always sounds bitter when I say it, are in financial distress. I'm not saying they're going under before anyone fucking comes at me. But they're spending less money in different areas because they can't go out and buy another Van Dijk and another Alisson. Oh, sorry, Discover. Another Van Dijk and another Alisson. Net spend. I know, yeah. Yeah, he could go. Um, I think the places he can go to are quite limited in terms of wanting to step up. He can't go to a team around Southampton. But yeah, it's who'd want him. I think Liverpool would be a shout, to be honest. Milner's not getting any younger. Um, he would be a good replacement for James Milner. And I'm, no, no, I'm but sure. it makes sense because Vinaldum, if he does leave, Milner's going to need away. something. Is Oxlade-Chamberlain the player that stays there do they do something where Chamberlain goes back and some money will have Ward Prowse because there's going to be a lot of swap deals this summer yeah yeah, there will be a lot of of players going places 
Yeah, I could see him going. Um, Do you want Minamino and some cash? Oh, there you go, yeah. I'm just sending Water Prowse up to us. So, you know. I think they'd be tempted. Definitely be tempted, because once you've got Romeo, Minamino on a, on a permanent, and some cash, you're going to reinvest in another player. Look, maybe they've got someone in the U-Tet up that's ready to step up. I don't know. don't know a lot about Southampton, only that uh, below Everton. There's a lot of teams are, but anyway, we'll carry on. Wow. We move. City beat Wolves. Didn't see that coming. I said no one. I said 2-0. Um, you said 2-1, 4-1. I got the 1 in. 80th, 90, 90th, 93rd. 80th, 90th, 93rd, yeah. yeah. And bear in mind that there wasn't a player scored until those minutes. There's an own goal from that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Connor Cody scored to make it 1-1, and everyone's dreaming of City's loss and falling off, so on and so forth. Um, but obviously, City just went into another gear. It's their league, and we're just playing in it. It's simple as that, mate. If they can take Bernardo Silva off and put Gundogan on, and they don't need to use Ferran Torres, Sergio Aguero, Phil Foden, Fernandinho, Zinchenko, Stones, they don't need to play those players and still win 4-1. The rest of us don't stand a fucking chance. The thing, the thing is, like, I'll tell you what, I'll ask you this, because obviously the Manchester derby hasn't happened at the time of recording, but it will be the time you've listened, so we'll touch on that next week. 18-0. I imagine City have won. <laughs> um, I don't look at this, and this might, I don't know, because I'm a Chelsea fan, I don't look at this and go, oh, we're going to turn into the new Serie A or the new Liga where only one team ever wins the league. One, because that never happened. And I'm sorry I said this before. That never happened when we got money. And it's not actually happened when they've had money because they've not won the league every year since they've been bought out. You know, They've not done a PSG. No. It's not even like PSG no, where they Monaco won it once and they were straight back on it. Yeah, we've won it. Leicester have won it. Uh, United have won it, and Liverpool have won it. Mm. I think when Pep goes, if they don't make the right appointment, then they're gettable again. That could be another but, team. It's not Pep's absolutely loving it. He is, but they were gettable last year because were, it's, yeah, everything's obviously. in cycles because they've come out of a uh, uh, and a you know when I mean cycles, I mean tra- transfers and squads, not the other one. All right, before anyone gets on me. Mainly the Liverpool fans. Anyway, that team went out of, and now they're rebuilding again. Yes. And not, I'm not talking about the Agueros and the Ayotores and the companies. The Peps squad, then in their cycling back into this one. Liverpool are coming to the end of theirs, where they need to refresh it. Chelsea are just doing whatever the fuck they want. There is no cycle. I don't I don't see this as a, like, ah, a, oh, well, City win every year and we'll all just come in. I think a lot of teams have dropped off this year for various reasons. Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United can't decide whether they want to be involved or not. <laughs> it's not City's fault that everyone else is dropping off. It's not like every other team has reached its max. This is what I'm trying to get at, basically. I don't feel like all the other teams around them are at their max and we can't catch City. And it's like, there's nothing we can do. We're all arsing about and City are like, well, we'll have it. Mm. That's how I look at it. I we've, said it all, we've said it all season that... The prizes and the placements will be won by who wants it the most. Yeah. Not because one team have pissed it. Because, you know, City didn't piss it. They had a rocky start in terms of they didn't start as blistering as everybody thought they would. They got the shit together. They had the games in the bank and they went and won them. But that's pressure. That was on them. That mm-hmm. pressure was put on them by not being able to play games. And they've done what they've done. They've gone out and they've, they've bought wisely. They've reinvested in key areas. But they've also maintained that core that has done them so well. They haven't gone and replaced the keeper. Right back is still Kyle Walker. They move Cancelo over to left back because he can cut in and fill in in field. Clever again. 
But this is all stuff that has been done 20, 30 years ago and been forgotten about and reinvented by idiots. Guardiola is that much of a student of the game. He goes, well, it worked 60 years ago, 50 years ago. So why can't we invert players here? And why can't we do this here? You know, he's clever about it. He come out this week and he was speaking about um, the point you've just made, cycles and domination and why it doesn't work. And he's, you know, he made the point. He said, look, look at what was said. If they go and win the league, then they'll win it every year for five years. They'll build a dynasty. He said, and it hasn't happened. He said, because the Premier League isn't like that. Every year, somebody else can win it. He said, so there's only ever the next game and the mm. next game. And it's about the next game. It's not about four games down the line. It's the next game. Go and win it and then we'll talk. But you've got to be on that cycle. And he's he's very, very, very well aware of that and very well adept to handling that. Personally, I think that City are one of the best football insides I've seen in, the, in world football at the moment, to be completely honest. I, yeah. I don't see another team able to lay a glove on them in terms of how they play and what they do. And they're just a very impressive unit. The Wolves didn't do a lot wrong in the game. 1 1 for the majority. Away from home. Show some dogged spirit about them playing with that system. The three at the back and the two wing backs in that they like. But then the last 10 minutes, City just ramp it up, go into another gear. Silver comes off, Gundogan goes on, offers that extra impetus, and they get three goals off the back of it. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing with the derby that's happening, obviously, you know, will have happened by the time you're listening. The result isn't irrelevant. Like you don't look at United win it and go back in the title race. No, you no. That and go, well, City have had one there. What's going on? Like, all right, Sam, I'm sure they'll be fine. You know, a draw, no one's asked. A City win, business as usual. Mm. Like no, I said the other week, I think their intention is to wrap this up as quick as possible. Yeah, it seems so. So, but but I, I I'm not on this doom and gloom of the league shit. Like, oh, you know, it's just going to be them winning it every year. And you're like, well, everyone else has dropped the fucking absolute clangor this year. So, you know, mm-hmm. let's see. Because United should have been right in there with them. And we've had every other team under the sun in the top eight be top of the league at some point. You've been top. We've been top. Spurs have been Southampton. top. Southampton have been top. At Villa have been top. United have been top. So everyone's had an opportunity to go. Let's keep this going. Yeah. And I'm not saying you've dropped the clangor, but we have. No, United out. We obviously have, otherwise we wouldn't have been beaten twice by Newcastle. No, but like no one looks at you where you are now and goes, fucking hell, you should have been pushing City. Oh, you, you, you going for top four is impressive, but Chelsea should have, United should have, Tottenham should have, Liverpool should have. Yeah. No, that's, that, I think that's a fair assessment. That's a true. Yeah, I agree with that. I still go into next season going, four or five teams could win the league. And that's no disrespect to Leicester. Leicester as well, I should throw them in. Oh, yeah, remember Leicester? So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, moving swiftly forward. Where are we, where are we, where are we, where are we, where are we? Oh, yeah. Burnley drew with Leicester, speaking of Leicester. Um, they drew with Burnley, which is a good point. Good. Burnley played well, but that is another result where you go and you're looking at Leicester going, hmm. Have you dropped are, one? Are they going to fall off again? But then they beat Brighton on the weekend. Yeah. And that was a, that was a result where it was going for a draw. You know, they actually yeah. went behind and you're like, they're going to drop four points here in two games and they're going to slip out. And then, you know, yourselves, you've got to be looking at them going, okay. Chelsea, we're looking at them going, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Um, it kind of feels like with the table at the moment, you've got Leicester, United, Chelsea, Everton, West Ham, potentially Liverpool and Tottenham looking at top four. Mm. Um, they'd need to pick up some form though. Massively, yeah, yeah. So you look at someone like Leicester, like that dropping potentially four points and you're like, yeah, this is that you can't afford that, but they managed to grab the win. But the Burnley mm. doesn't help them the point. No, and obviously they lost the game before that to Arsenal as well. So you're looking at the Arsenal game, yeah. you're looking for a reaction. You go against Burnley, you think, well, everyone else has been here and got something. So let's let's 
let's get something from the game. And obviously they don't, it's 1-1, you know, taking that away from Burnley, played really well. Burnley looked to be back to what they're doing well, which is being defensively tight, moving the ball well, confidence in possession. Uh, they seem to have turned the corner. So you could look at it and say it's not the worst result in the world. However, you would still expect Leicester to go and be Burnley and um, to put some daylight between them and United and Chelsea and Everton. West Ham, yeah, we'll include West Ham. So you know, you would you would you would expect them to go and win that game, but they don't, and they go and draw it, and then all the pressure's on when they go out and play Brighton, and then they get the job done. And that's that's Leicester, isn't it? They're very like, I mean, they're second, and on merit, obviously, there's games and hands around them. Yeah, know United have done. I think they'll get the top four this year. I hope so. I, I do as well, just for Brendan Rodgers football, I don't, I don't the Premier mind. League. Look at the game, um, the Brighton game specifically, because the Burnley one was just. Just is what it was. It was just a one-one. But the Brighton Leicester game. Watch that one back. And uh, first thing this morning, great game. Tillman's no luck pass. Yep. For Ian Acho's goal. Um, Mope and Lalana working hard off the ball to, to go and press Leicester in silly areas. Turn the ball over. Turn it into a goal. And uh, Lalana gave gave the eyes to Schmeichel. Schmeichel goes one way. He finishes the other. Brilliant finish. Ian Acho's finish. Superb lifting it over Sanchez's shoulder. The keeper though has to hold his hands up and it would have helped him he'd have done it in the lead up to yeah. the goal but comes off his line from, from the uh, the corner and flaps at it and, and Marty has a free header at the back now Alzate lets him go Alzate's marking him Marty lets yeah. him go so you know portion of blame there but equally if the keeper comes he's got to win it yeah yeah you can't come out and either punch it catch it just get our touch on it yeah but if you, you come all that way yeah, you and get not. nothing yeah. you deserve to concede the goal it's simple as that but Brighton, I thought, were really good in the first half. Moved the ball around well. That's the Brighton that... That game, like and like you're saying, with Brighton, I know they ultimately lose it, but that's the Brighton that when you see play and you're like, that's that's. I can see what you're going for. I can see and they why do that often. It really is, yeah. But, you made the pitch nice and small. You know, we, they were playing in quarters most of the time where Leicester had the ball and only had five going on hunting and just pressing in. So they were forced to go long and they were confident they'd win the first ball because they've got Bain, White, yeah. Dunk. You know, they're, they're confident they're going to win that. They're all six foot plus. But as soon as second half comes, unless it's in the okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, you want to press us. What we'll do is we'll, we'll switch our formation a little bit. They dragged one of the midfielders back. I think it was um, I think it was Amati. Dragged back when they were in possession, so they had the overload. And they were able to get out the other side every time. Um, Brighton never never switched it up with them. Leicester went through the gears and obviously got the win. But it was a good win for Leicester, considering they've got eight players out injured. Something like that. Well, this, I was going to say, this, this is the thing. You were saying before about Calvert-Lewin's comeback and he's looking a bit leggy. Vardy's yeah. looking leggy since he's had his yeah. operation. He's getting back into Madison's been out. Barnes has been out. Soyuncu's been out for periods. Evans has been out for periods. Fafana's only just back in. Fafana's only just come back. Indeedy and Amati have been playing centre-back at some time. Yeah, Castagna's only just come back in. They've had a lot of injuries this year. And again, if they get top four with that, everyone's had injuries, except those, yeah. surprisingly. Oddly enough, Chelsea have had barely anything this year. Thiago's um, one, hasn't he? Yeah, Thiago, yeah, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries and they've still managed to grind it out. Seems disrespectful, but ma- manage to get there, though, haven't they? They've worked through it. Mm. 100% in the second in the league, like we've said on merit, you know, if currently at the time of speaking. Yes. At the time of record. Allegedly. I think they'll nab it. I mean, look, they're out of the Europa League now as well. So it's it's a it's a clean run now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think that's ideal for them to be completely honest with you, Jack. It's not the end of the world because no. if were they going to win the Europa League, potentially, if you're looking at it, it's getting to the Champions League. What's the clear option? Secure top four, the lottery that is European football. Yeah, it doesn't need to be their main focus, does it? No, they'll 
I think they'll secure it. If they don't, mm, but we'll only discuss that if it happens. Um, United do nil nil with Crystal Palace. Oh, mate, that was fucking terrible. Uh, it's just we've look. I don't want to harp on about it too much because again, <laughs> we'll talk about them next week because there'll be a derby that's happened, and I feel like that's more influential. But we've spoken the last few weeks about how they've just dropped a fucking howler. Um, as as they, they had one shot in. on target. This is the thing. It was like you're in a title race. What? Be in a title race. Just dropping points. Since that's been said to them, they've just dropped points at every possible opportunity. Either be in the title race or fuck off. It's just draw, draw, like draw with you, draw with West Brom, beat Newcastle, draw with us, draw with Palace. We don't know how the derby's gone. You're almost looking at that going, hang on, have you gone from you're in a title race here to are you going to get top four? There is potential for them to fall out, isn't there? Let's be completely honest. Now, I I think they'll ultimately finish in it, but they need to pick it up. They because if, if they haven't picked up points in the derby and we beat EU, we're one point behind them. Well, let's, let's put it a different You're way. still let's in the race. They don't, they don't win the derby. We beat you. Well, no, put it this way. <laughs> no, no, I they don't win the derby. We beat you. You beat Villa. 51, 50, 49. All on a level playing field. You're on 49. We're on 50. They're on 51. Someone's dropping points again. Yeah, but someone's dropping points again. And that's got that. Their worst case scenario. Their worst case scenario will obviously they need to win the derby. But if they lose the derby, they want us to draw. They do, yeah. Massively, yeah. They need it. And that's why when we drew to them, it was an irrelevant point for both of them. Yeah. That's why I draw between us. That that draw against Palace is fucking shocking. Now, 63% of the ball, and we keep saying it, possession doesn't win your games. Goals do, but if you're only going to have one shot on target with 63% possession, something's wrong. Let's be honest. I mean, look at the lineup: Henderson in goal, Bailly in it with Maguire, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka. So not much change there. Lindelof for Bailly, that's it. Rashford, Greenwood, Bruno, and Cavani all on the pitch and one shot on goal. It's just, it's what just. So I mean, I find it sounds like a cop out, but I find it difficult to explain because as soon as they got told you're in a tower race, they were like, nah. They just no. didn't have the stomach for the jack. It's simple as that. We keep and and that's what I mean. It's just, it's just, it's not even like, but it's like that now. It's like, oh, fine, don't be in a title race. Like, whatever, whatever floats your boat. You're dropping down the table now. Yeah. Leicester and Alba have got merit unless they've won the derby. They're going to get caught. Mm. The thing is, it, it would be typical United to go out, win the derby, and oh, then draw the next game or lose the next game. And it'll just be a huge irrelevance. Well, this it, is the thing. typical of them. They've been winning a lot of the derbies over the years. I think Guardiola and I've seen it today. Guardiola and obviously this is pre-derby. Guardiola and Solskjaer's record was three wins each. Christ. But they don't mean anything. They've never won one that's won them a league or won them one that's won them a... I remember when Company scored a goal against United mm. in a 1-0 win. Header. And you're like, they're going to win the league. That was the game that wins in the league. United beat... You know, Edison's off his line and kicking it to McTominay and McTominay's banging it in. You go, what did they win that year? They don't... The, yeah. the, we spoke about this last week. If they, are they still serious? And it would appear not. It would appear right. not. Yeah. There's four Completely. games left. I want to do this one because I want to tie the other three together. If you don't mind. So Villa drew with Wolves. Oh, that makes sense. Christ alive. Um, end to end drab. Roman size misses an open goal. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I just. I watched it and I was like, I watched it instead of fucking buying Dortmund for a start. So thanks for that. Um, I thought, you know, Derby, this, both teams need the points. You know, both of them are safe. Could could Villa snatch Europe? 
meh. Very Great dream, wasn't it? Very drab. Man of the match, uh, Martinez again. Yeah, well, because it's my sign of the season currently. The fact that they Villa have gone from 17th, should have been relegated, stayed up on a technicality to 9th currently. Game in hand as well. You know, they've still got a game in hand. This is the thing. They win their game in hand. They're level on points with Liverpool currently. Do you, do you know? So they're not... That's that's the game that you go, right, if you'd have grabbed two more points, you'd have been above, um, level with Spurs. Then you go win your game in hand. Which against you. I know it's against you. But like, it, it was another one where I was like, mm, fine, you, you take it because their only objective is to stay in the Premier League and they're not going down. No, they're not. No. A lot of football's been played as well. I, I am being slightly harsh. A lot of football's been played. And then we've got a Euros coming up. Then we've got a full season that's got a world. Then we've got a summer off. Then we've got a season with a World Cup in it. Mm. Slap bang in the middle. Sandwiched. Sandwiched. Yeah, it was a poor game. I watched the highlights back today. I didn't see much out of Villa that convinced me that they were ready without Grealish to take that step. Uh, I think losing Grealish has been key for them in terms of trying to create chances and take chances. Fair point. thought Wolves were wasteful, if I'm honest, in front of goal. They missed him three times. They miss him in it. You've hit the nail there. That it was a it was a tale of two teams that missed their main man. Yeah, and um, I know Roman size one players. one yard out, Jack. I know. I know. Is that a he's difficult f- opportunity or is that a defend? A, a he's flying. Strike? No, he's flying in, isn't he? He's flying in. No, I know, but he's flying in, and it's just if you've not seen it, look up. He just open goal and just rattles it like twenty five feet in the air. because he's run to the back post. Got his efforts, did the post, come back to Sice. Sice has smashed it over and Cody's just staring at him. <laughs> staring through him. As if to say, lad, wait till we get in that change. It's, it, if, if they'd have lost it, it'd have been worse. But the fact that they've drawn it, you're like, all right, fine. We're not going nah. down. Crack on. No one's going to remember this next year. Right. <laughs> we beat Liverpool 1-0, which we've touched on. Yeah. Fulham beat, sorry, Fulham lost to Spurs 1-0. Away win, 1-0. Yeah. And... Burnley drew of Arsenal 1-1. And you can already probably tell why I'm linking them together, can't you? Yeah. Uh, VAR, handballs, penalties. What is going on? Oh. Oh, Fulham, Spurs game. Those of you who haven't seen it, go back and watch it. I, I'm going to start there because it pissed me off the most. Scramble in the box. Um, Davidson Spurs Sanchez, Sanchez smashes the ball from about three yards away at um, Fulham Lamina. player. Lamina. Yeah, and he's got his arm down his side. I'm going to demonstrate, even though you can't see me. His arm down his side, likened to his body, so it's literally down his side. He hasn't moved it at all. The ball just hits his arm, bounces Josh Madger, swivels, turns, beats Lloris, 1-1, runs away, celebrating. I'm thinking, brilliant, what a goal. VAR comes back and says, oh, well, that's technically handball in the build-up. So what we're going to do is going to chalk that one off. And gone. And I know what you're going to say before you do. But only last week when you played Liverpool, N'Golo Kante's hand is up here past his shoulder. Firmino hits it at him from the same distance. However, that wasn't handball. Hang on, what, hang on. what was I going to say? I, you were going to defend Kante saying, no, what he was doing, he was, he was, no. he was overreaching. No. He was trying no. to stretch his delts or nope. something. I don't know. Nope, um, nope because was, unlike yeah. you, I'm not biased as fuck. Wow. How I was going to say Liverpool should have had a penalty. Fulham should have. should have had a goal, and Arsenal yes. should have had a penalty. Yes, I would agree with all three statements. Now, the, so take it back. So take it back. So take it back. No. Take it back. No. I'll drag this podcast up three more hours, Drep. I'll take it back. There we go. And we've got three hours. Anyway. Uh, yeah, just to, I'm editing out you saying I've not got three hours, so it looks like you've just taken it back. Anyway, <laughs> the best part about the whole thing is, 
there's two points I want to go off. So first of all, yeah, it's a fucking joke that it gets taken off them. Then afterwards, the IFAB, which is the International Football Association Board, on the Monday, they're like, yeah, from July the 1st, accidental handballs that lead to a teammate scoring a goal or having a goal scoring opportunity will no longer be considered an offense. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking help Fulham at all. No. Then my mate Dan made a good point where he was like, well, if it, if that, you know, it gets changed now, like in the season, because the, my, my issue was, well, if we know it's a problem now, why we went to July the 1st, but then he made the point, if, if it gets changed from Monday and then it happens next weekend and Fulham get relegated off the back of someone actually getting a goal given for that, it's even worse. Mm. And I was like, fair enough. But then I think back to last season, I remember when Tottenham were, Tottenham had scored a goal where I can't remember what play had fallen over, but he had his hands and his knees on the floor. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. bounced off it and it went through. That was an accidental handball. So we've it's not like this is the first time this has ever happened and they've gone, we've never known that before. That's an excellent point. Let's chalk that off. That happens all the time. But but this my issue is, and I said this to I saying this this week. I remember growing up, and you know you'll have this more because you've had more growing up to do than me, and you still do in a, some aspects. The rules never changed, never, and now they change every five minutes. Yeah, and it and it's starting to like I genuinely people ask me like they'll text me and go why is that and I'm like I don't know anymore. Like my genuine answer is me and you know a fair bit about football, mm. and that's not to you know big ourselves up. I genuinely don't know half the time what, what's going on anymore. It's like, why is Liverpool, why have Liverpool not got a penalty? Why did Arsenal not get a penalty for two handballs? Because Arsenal's, if you've not seen it, Eric Peters has got his arm stretched out as far as it physically can. It's yeah. hit it, and we're getting proximity. Yeah. Kante's, Same as the Kante one. Kante's, yeah, I, I didn't even hear a reason if they said it's proximity as well. Proximity again, yeah. His ha- I'm sorry, his hands up in the it's air. I don't, I don't give a shit how close Firmino is to him. And it's this is against my team. I'm not, I'm not asked. Like, wh- why is this? I'm not bothered about why Kante's hands up there or not. That's an irrelevance. It's hit it. That's the relevant I, point. I'll give you. I'll give you an instance where it went the other way. Champions League, Liverpool against Spurs. So some yeah. arm is in exactly the same position. Ball gets flicked up from two yards, and they go penalty. Now, the and you can't that, argue it's wrong because his well, arm should be out there. And 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 so what you're saying is like oh because the strike because that was further away mm-hmm. you know Sosoka uh, was inside the box and the strike happened outside and you're going well a, is the indication or the theory well he's got enough time to move his hand out the way because he can there's when you're that close you can't well don't have your hand there yeah. and it's not and I don't like this argument of our oh, defenders they're just supposed to play with their hands tied behind their back no play how you want but if it hits your hand it hit your hand you've stopped that ball's going into the box. With Firmino, the ball's going into the box on Eric Peters. They're going to get a shot off. They get a chance. The keeper spills it, goes out for a corner. What you're just saying to defenders is now is get as close as you can, make yourself big. Because if it hits your hand, you sound. Get as close as you can, make yourself big. Well, did you see Don't the red worry. card in the Burnley Arsenal game? Well, that's another joke because he whips out the card as quick as possible. I loved it. But this is the thing. I was like, red fucking, like, he, he went straight red. So I'm like, 100% obviously a, a handball yeah, obviously line. handled it, yeah. And obviously, like you're saying, this is where VAR comes in correctly. Because VAR checked the Eric Peters thing and went, you don't need to look at it. Then for the handball, it's actually Eric Peters' shoulder. But that means the ref 
this is what I don't understand, right? The ref's given him a red because he's like, he's handballed on the line, but he hasn't, which means how can you be sure he has? Because he actually hasn't. But you've gone, bang, it's a red. Not, and the fact that he has VAR, he goes, right, stop there. I'm going to go have a look or I'm going to check. Shoulder or hand, then he goes, no, it's fine. Then book him. But he just went, bang, red. Sensationalizes it though, doesn't it? And sometimes you look at it and we try and give referees the benefit of doubt constantly because it is a tough, tough game to go out and, and officiate. It's, it's moving so quick. The lads are all units. You've got to try and get yourself around the pitch. I looked at it first off and thought, has he lent him with his hand? You know, raised his arm and used like the, the top of the bicep. But no, it's shoulder. But all the players knew because they all ran over. And Ben Meek, to be fair to him, was spot on. He just blocked the Burnley players and went, it's his shoulder, go and check. And he told, while he's got the card in his hand, he's going, go and check. He's like got Eric Peters back. He's like, don't say anything. It's going to like, don't say anything. He goes over, takes Peters to the corner and goes, listen, he's got to check it. You're not getting sent off. Relax. And Peters is flipping. I understand it. But then all that's done is heightened emotions. It's heightened how he's sensationalized it. Yeah, yeah. How how the game's going to be perceived. It creates another talking point. But I suppose the benefits and what the FA will be made up with is it's highlighted VAR as being right. Look, VAR got that one right. What do you people fucking want? We just sent him off yeah. without it. But this and then is, you'd have been moaning. And you're like, right. yeah, but it should have been a goal for Fulham. And it should have been a penalty to Liverpool. So, But this is the thing. It's like the rules have changed again. And the rules have changed three or four times in terms of handball. If it hits, and and I've heard, you know, we've heard commentators say things like, you know, we don't want it every time it hits the hand, it's a handball. What? It's handball. I think I think that, to be fair, playing devil's advocates, I think that comes from there can be accidental handball. Yeah, but there can, yeah, but when these instances happen, I I agree with you. There can. I grew be. up with I grew up with handball or ball to hand. It was one or the other. No, no, I hundred percent. That's the mad thing. So did I. Why has it changed so recently? And it changed before VAR. You can say that, but when you're talking about it in these situations where it's not a ball to hand and the hand is in a natural position. It pisses me off when everyone just skirts around it. Fair enough. So like, if we were to, to go back over those decisions for you, can't say is a penalty. Yeah, hundred percent. I seen it happening. Right. I'm watching it and I know I'm on, I've got a different angle to the ref and I'm watching it on TV, but I seen it. I went, Oh yeah, there it is. hundred percent. I'm, I'm golden in my head with that being, I'm not sat there as a fan going, if that gets given, I am going to be fuming. I'm going, yep. They've got a pen. What would you this do with can't say? No, nothing. Just a pen. Okay. So it's no just double jeopardy. No, no. Oh, no. Oh, I definitely wouldn't have sent him off. Absolutely not. It's maybe just a yellow. Good. It's maybe a yellow. I don't know. I'd say it's a yellow for the offence, and it's a penalty. If, but it's not even a... In future. I think it's... This is how I would have it in general. If it's something like that, where you go, look, that's in unnatural, and that's prevented a cross going in. Mm. Right? Penalty. It, you know, and I know this is where it starts getting to a grey area. If you've deliberately done that, to that, like, on that angle... If your hand is moved to the ball... Yellow. yellow. And then if it's something like... If Eric Peters has actually handballed it on the goal line and it stopped a goal going... If it stopped a goal-scoring opportunity, yellow. If it stops a goal, red. That's how I'd have it. Simple. Okay. Keep it simple. I think that's... I, 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 I and I think most football fans, and obviously you people can let us know, will be quite happy with that. So, for me, um, the first one for Arsenal is when... The, Pepe is in the box, flicks the ball over, or goes to, and the arm is fully extended, and it hits mm. him just below the elbow, just so just on the, the forearm. That's a yellow card and a penalty because your arm shouldn't be out there. Now, I, I know he's going to grab the player in case he goes past him, but your arm is still in an unnatural position. It's a yellow card and a penalty. Can't say arms in an unnatural position, yellow card and a penalty. Fulham 
that accidental. So it just plays on. It's a goal. It's one one. Because what you're saying, well, I know the rules going to change, so it's not. But what you're saying in that situation is, like you're saying to uh, the defending team, is kick the ball against the striker's hand or arm because if they score from it, it'll get chalked off, or mm. you're going to clear it. You set like just press- just rifle it, and if it as long as it hits their arm, if you think you can't clear it, like what? What are we talking about? It's a and with that one, get as the defender. You're saying get as close as you can, arms out wide. It's either a deliberate handball, so we deal with it and it gets given, or it's accidental and we move on. I think if it's deliberate, bookable, and if it prevents the goal, red, mm. like Suarez against Ghana. If it's just accidental and it's in the box and it's it's not, then just a penalty is enough because. That's all that's done. Not everything has to be a yellow and a red card, yeah. which which is the no. thing with football nowadays. Is everything's got to be a booking. Yeah. But it was like it's like when VAR came around and everyone was like, "We're gonna have nothing to talk about. It's a joke." We've I'm sorry. About, I'm sorry. We've got plenty to talk about, and it's and it's this crap again. Yeah. It's always this. I haven't even lost from it. I've lost nothing from it as a Chelsea fan. I've lost nothing from it. I've actually gained because they should have had a penalty, and it still boils my head. Mm. It winds me up so much. <laughs> it's not even against Tottenham, because it should have been Fulham getting a point. It's not nothing. It's just, it's so stupid. And it's the fact that every Monday we seem to go, you know, change the... If, if by the time this is out, or when you've listened to this, a raw change has happened again on the Monday because of the Eric Peters thing. Imagine. And the Kante thing. Ugh. Because it was like, why... I don't understand why we just... Re- we just like on reaction just change the rules all the time like oh yeah we've never thought of that change it now I get there's things that are going to happen and you're going to go that's actually mad and we've never thought of that but then like in the summer get a load of people together and go right before the season starts let's think about this and these all these different situations and let's try and preempt situations even if they're absurd if this happens this is what will be so it's not that happens we all sit there and go what's going to happen everyone's looking at each other Vargo's I think this ref goes, I think that. And then on Monday they go, it's now this going forward, but ignore that two points dropped for you. Or yeah. that three points dropped for you. Sorry about that. Did you miss out on Europe? Did you get relegated? Yeah. Well, next year you'd be fine. <laughs> kicking the dick, isn't it? it? Proper kicking the I dick. Know. I just thought that they were the three this week. But then, like you say, VAR got the Eric Peters thing right. It got the offside goal for West Brom, right? It's not a pop of VAR. It's a pop at one, the interpretation. Again, everyone's got their own interpretation. And two, the fact that we continually change it every five minutes. Handball will change three or four more times yeah. over the next year or so. Yeah. And they're trialing offside. We should point this out. They're trialing the offside that Wenger's put, which is the one that me and you have said here before. I'm not saying we've come up with it, but we're advocates for it, of clear daylight. Yeah. Clear daylight. So if Kane's ahead... Because there's that picture that Sky Sports have put up. So if yeah. Kane's ahead, but his foot is level with a defender onside. Then so be it. The defender's going to match the run. I'd rather do that than the, like, I love that everyone calls it the geometry set. Get the geometry set out, and it's like, oh, actually, I think you'll find the corner of your sleeve is offside, which you could obviously score with. No, I'm not here for that. No. I want. It, it's sucking the fun out of the game, mate. It's simple what? as that. How many times have you scored a goal this season? And and I'll be honest, we've done it a lot, and you you hardly celebrate because you're waiting for VAR. Uh, ever since Lampard got sacked. Um, oh VAR, sorry. Um. <laughs> it sucks the life out of the game. I, I sat there and watched um, our goal against West Brom. It was a good goal, and I knew it was within the parameters. But you're like, yes, wait, wait, and then VAR come up and go, yeah, you can celebrate now, and you go, yay. Yeah, that's the thing. Imagine being in the stands, like you're saying and going, hang on, 
We'll all jump in a minute. And now. Shit. You've seen us against... Something that life. It was like us against Atletico Madrid. Giroud scores that bicey. He's standing offside, but it doesn't come off mount. It comes off their defender. And it was their defender actually fucked about. Anyway. And you're sat there going, we, we waited on minutes. And you see they're all like, and they celebrate twice and they celebrate it all together. And it's nice to see, but you're like, that's it. It's tension. The, the, the argument I've got against the argument of take it out, killing the game. I, I don't think it, it's it that's killing the game because it's in rugby and it doesn't kill the game. It's been in rugby for years. Tries will get scored. Tri- Tries will get scored and they'll be celebrating and then they'll go back and go. And it's because it's been, maybe that's in terms of like a, a bedding in period for a period of time because we've only just introduced it. We're in this rough patch and we'll eventually get through it where I think the biggest issue is there's more ways for goals to be chalked off in football in comparison to a try being chalked off in rugby. Mm. You're either, it's either a forward pass or, uh, your foot's off, you know, you're out, you're out of play, you're out of the line, yeah. and they yeah, have to check it. That's it. Two two points. Has he handballed it? Is he offside? Has it come off his sleeve? You know. Yeah. When the is... ball was played, who was there? Is he last man? Can he get back in? Is that outside the box or is it on the line? How are we going to interpret this? Is lead foot? The thing is, as well, is like you say, a, a forward pass in rugby is very simple. Has the ball yeah. been moved forward? I'm not saying we have to introduce that in football where you can't pass the ball forward or backward, but make offside. And it's Andre Gomez. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> like playing the ball forwards. Um, make football, sorry, make offside black and white. Daylight between them? Nope. Goal. You're yeah, going to know if you're off. You're going to know if you're not. offside because we'll not. start putting it back on the linesman. That gives the yeah. linesman way more power because the linesman's going to. Well, yeah, there's another, is another way of the, the law being interpreted. How many times are offsides that are clear? And the play goes on for another five, six seconds. It gets brought back. And these players are looking at Lionel's going, just put your fucking flag up. But they're told not to. They're told, oh, well, Varro deal with that. Fuck that. Somebody could get injured in those five, six seconds. Didn't the Lionel put the flag up for the West Brom offside? Yeah. Belter spot. And you're like, how has he spotted that? And you're like, has he just thrown that up? Has he preempted it? And he is offside. And you're like, oh, and my God. And all the players are looking at him as if to say, why have you put that up now? And then Varro goes, yeah, his shot's offside. But that's his job. So he's give gone the, and done his job. Yes. And people are now looking at him going, why have you put your flag up? Aren't you meant to wait? And you're like, for fuck's sake. So give what the power the back to them. I would. Because they're going to see if it's offside or not. Otherwise, the pointless, you might as well have nobody there. And VAR goes from just being on the bylines and looking at main gameplay to being on the sides as well. And then every time the ball goes out, VAR presses a button, red, red fucking light comes on the ground. They go, oh, it went over the line. Crack on. Throw in. <sighs> Don't need Lionels. Have it where... Linos are there, like you say, and it's clear daylight. They're going to put their flag up or not. But if the flag goes up, play to the whistle, mm. finish the phase of play. Yeah. And then if the flag has gone up, the ref then John then Josh Shelby done it last season. Exactly. Scored the, the goal. Yeah. Referee won't tell you. What. I'm going to see how it goes. If he misses, he's offside. If it goes in, we'll review we'll it. And that's it. That. And it's while as soon, and as soon as the flag goes up, that's the indicator for VAR to go check that part of the f- phase. And if it's gone out, we just carry on. But if the goal goes in, we're already going to know because you've started the check. Was that offside at that point? Yeah. Have the refs, the linos, like you're saying, mic'd up. Have the lino go VAR. Checking for an offside here on Aubameyang. It's gone in, so we need to know. And he yeah. goes, oh, "No, he was. He was. It was clear day. Like you're correct. He was off." I, I think VAR. I think VAR. Is the right way to go. Yeah. But I think we need to, to sit down and we need to be 
a bit more honest and say that doesn't work, this doesn't work, the game is unique in this way and that way. And I think you're right. I think the communication is key. I think it's massive. I think every time there's a VAR decision, the referee's mic should be on the speaker to say, I've given it as offside, number 17, standing in an offside position when he received the ball, free kick to the opposition, and away we go. And everyone goes, all right, okay, we must have been offside. And 100%, every, uh, the, the stadium and the fans at home, just like rugby, need to hear what's going on. Like you're saying, yes. in that point of, we sit there at home and go, yeah, all right. Or fucking hell, that but was tight. But yeah, go on. You don't learn a fucking thing. You don't know nothing. It's very rare in rugby, and I hate to keep coming back to it, but it's just it, it works in that sport. It's very rare where something happens in rugby where you'll hear the commentators, or as a fan at home, you'll go, like, Gee, really? Really? Or you, like, kick off. A lot of the time you look at it and go, oh, that's so tight, but yeah, they're right, they're right. It's tight, but they're right. Whereas in football, there's we're, we're sat here going, why the fuck has that not been given? Or yeah. why can everyone... Reputation again? And at all, why can everyone... And their mother see that that should be a penalty, but the two people that hold the point of it think not. Exactly. It, I mean, people were all laughing. They were like, even Paul Peter Wharton on BT Sport went, "Yeah, Arsenal should have had a penalty there," and well, he I said watched, everything should have been. <laughs> I watched match of the day, and then they had Dublin and Wright on, mm-hmm. and they were like, um, "What are we thinking?" And the pair of them just looked at each other, started laughing, and went, "How is it not a pen? How is it not a penalty?" So I have his arm that far out of his body. How is it not a penalty? And it was Linux. I said it was similar to Kante last year, uh, last week. And they were like, yeah, how is it not a penalty? If there's no VAR, we sit here now and go, we're less aggrieved. I mean, it's not us, you know, but as an Arsenal fan, you'd be less aggrieved because you go, oh my God, the ref hasn't seen how oh, the ref and the line haven't seen that. Like, that's I frustrating. Disagree. If we don't have VAR, I think the referee has to make a decision. I no, think because he hasn't seen it. Not what I think the referee, the referee and the lines between them, someone has seen something. VAR have gone and checked it because I th- I honestly think they've seen something and thought, well, I can't make a 100% call. VAR's got me back. I but, think with no VAR, they would have looked at that and gone, is that his hand? And the conversation would have happened. But that's but I agree with what you're saying. Because they, they're sat there and go, I can't 100% make a call. I agree with what you're saying if they go, well, I've got backup. But when they're 100% not sure with no VAR, they couldn't make the call. That's why there's like loads more penalties. No, but at now. least they had the conversation. At least the referee would go. You'd see the referees go over to the Lanos and they'd say, What have you seen with your angle? He goes, Yeah, yeah, his arms out. But what did it? And he goes, Oh, well, I seen it. I seen it hit something, but it looked like his body. I mean, he's got no, his arms out from my angle. And he goes, Oh, yeah. right, that must have hit his arm. Two bits of information together. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, yeah. yeah. That's not happening. One. At the moment, what happens is the referee allows the game to go on and then gets somebody in, in his ear saying, I'm chefing that, blah, blah, by the way. Blah, blah. It's, it's his hand, but for me, it's not a natural, it's it's natural play. And he's going, All right, well, I'll back you then. He's backing somebody sat Stockley Park with the screen. Well, what's frustrating for us as fans is. That's been checked by people, like you're saying, in Stockley Park from every angle on every screen. But us as fans have to sit there and just go, we'll never know why it wasn't given. We'll never know. We'll never they know won't tell the, us. the reason or the interpretation for how they got to that juncture of, that's not a pen. But we've all seen it and gone. And, and, and it's not like it's a split. Everyone I've seen talk about it's gone. It's a pen. But we'll yeah. never know why it's not. And that's what's frustrating because you go, well, what are we doing here? And that's yeah. why you see people starting to go down the route of, and I'm seeing it a lot more lately of, there's and I'm not saying I am, but it's fixed and there's conspiracies and there's that that's have you noticed how that's building up a lot more? The league left themselves open to that to that though by by not by not allowing referees to come out and speak about games by not giving clear defined decisions off the back of VAR. The league have left themselves open to that criticism. I'm afraid I have seen it. I've seen a lot of it and. 
why I don't buy into all of it, I can see why people are having that thought because there's no communication, there's no there's no to and fro, and it's very much we've made a decision and we don't care if you agree or not. We're not explaining ourselves, and it costs them. Yeah, that is they they have um what are you saying opened themselves up to that. Whether yeah. you believe it or not, it's there's the, you've opened the door for it, and that is the that's the biggest issue. That's the worry, isn't it? Because you should hear someone go, the league's corrupted and being controlled and go, are you mad? Now you hear them say it and you go, right, I get it, but like that's an issue in itself. I don't know. Like we said before, we'll cover those four games and the two games Monday and the Wednesday game and the Friday game and the four games Saturday and then whatever's happened Sunday next week. Yeah, it's not our fault there's loads of games on, you know, people don't start getting on our case. Not our fault. So, yes, Sunday, you've got West Brom against Newcastle, which will obviously happen by the time people listen to this. Um, I will. I, I would like West Brom to win it, um, just because I want to see Newcastle go down now. I've decided. Liverpool against Fulham. I'd like to see Fulham win, because obviously I'd like Liverpool. Um, City against United. I think City will win that one. And Spurs against Palace. I'd like Palace to win, because it's my friendship with you. I'm starting to really dislike Spurs. Um, you're poisoning my mind. Um, but it's also very easy to do when you're in a race for the top four and Spurs are, are trying to be part of that conversation. Bless. Um, it'd be nice to see Palace win. Uh, obviously, the Monday games, we've spoken about six o'clock kickoff. The biggest game of the season for anybody involved in the league so far is uh, Chelsea Everton. And West Ham are playing Leeds. That's that West Ham game that Andrew were talking about. West Ham Leeds. I would like to see Leeds win that. Um, of course you would. It you just helps us right. out. Sorry for everyone listening, but if you've noticed the trend of David's just picking any team he'd like to win <laughs> against the team that are trying to get top four, apologies. But to be fair, the results went went our way this week in oh, terms yeah. of Leicester got beat last weekend, United drew with Chelsea. So I was looking at that thinking, yeah, that's something that works for us. We go and beat Southampton, Palace draw against United, Villa lose to Sheffield United, Leicester draws to Burnley, Chelsea beat Liverpool. What, you know, something's got to give. I'll allow that one. We go and beat West Brom. Fulham fuck it up by using the hands. And then obviously, you know, go into the next round of games and it is where it is, much of a much us, and we'll see what happens with it. But, you know, things are starting to... It, it's an important part of the season for everyone, I know, but it's very important for us to see where we are and if we're serious about this push or not. I'd like to think we are, but the Evertonian in me is like, you're going to finish ninth, dickhead. I've never wanted to beat you a lot more. Anyway. The hatred just, is strong. Just, just the fucking the growth of. Oh, I just, I'm not getting into it anyway. I'll wait. I'll wait because it'll only bite me in the ass. I'll wait. We'll discuss it next week in depth. Let's be honest. <laughs> we'll have to. Either one of us will sat there like this. Because you put us, you put us above us. I'm pretty sure you put yourselves fourth and us fifth in your fucking table prediction. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So. Oh no. Fifth and sixth. Tell you what. Well, that was the Evertonian in you. You still didn't think you could get top four, even finishing above Chelsea. Yeah. You're apparently going to win the title. Just pegged to the to fall away. And, you know, there's still time. So, couldn't be running your mouth off just yet. Yeah, but I'm not arse. You know that. No, you're not arsed now, but you were at the start of the season when this was all getting done. Yeah. I put a second, lad. I put uh, a second. Yeah, I, I, no, I had you third. I had us fifth. I had us above United in sixth. Oh, um, sorry. Last year, you put us above you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You failed on that one, didn't you? Anyway, anyway. I had Fulham West Brom to go down, though. Yeah, we know. Anyway, I had West Ham seventeenth. Oh my god, I can't wait to do our last show of the uh, the season. Oh, we go back over this and make ourselves look fucking pathetic. 
Arsenal fourth. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'd be pissed less than me when I do these predictions, honest to God. Liverpool second. Have a word with yourself, David. Fucking hell. Spurs eighth. Less than ninth. I have got no respect for anyone. Oh, <laughs> our, table's, our table's so disrespectful. I'm like, Palace are gone. It'll bite me on the ass, man, honest to God. When I put Norwich to win it next year. <laughs> sake. Right. I'm around this up. Go on then. Thanks for listening, guys, as always. Um one of us will be here next week, one of us won't be. Unless it's a draw, then you'll you'll have us both back. And I'll be bitching and moaning regardless. Even I hope if we win, uh, I'll find something to moan about. I hope it's a draw, but our goals through a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty. And you're denied a penalty that should have been a penalty. Anyway. Bitter. <laughs> don't care anymore david um itunes spotify soundcloud youtube leave us a like comment subscribe and ratings and all that uh two men rambling on twitter two men rambling at gmail.com get in touch and have a great week you know tell your friends keep listening yourself and all that you think i'd have this nailed by now yeah though, don't? ah don't worry about it mate. i prefer the fact that your outro was just from the heart every week rather than from a script and i tell about you I don't want to just... I can't be arse losing to you. I really can't. Should we put a forfeit in? No! Why? Panic are you? Yes. You're not doing a forfeit. All records are there to be broken and Tuchel hasn't lost yet as Chelsea manager. He's due one. How about this? A winner's got to edit the next show. That's sort of lose-lose for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway. Not happy with that (laughs) at all. You sat there going, throw the game, throw the game, throw the game. Fuck right. Not a chance, not a chance, not a chance, not a chance. Guys, have a great weekend. Great weekend? Week. In a bit, guys.